Hello and welcome to another Implexion podcast. Today I'm joined by Chris, Alex or Peach, Lewis or the Keymaster, and we're going to be t- uh, covering a variety of topics, uh, including obviously the coronavirus lockdown situation that we have going on at the moment, um, our kind of thoughts behind training around this current period, and how to kind of structure, I guess, I guess training around the period as well. Um, we talk about a few other topics like common coach mistakes or common common beginner coach mistakes. Um, we also talk about a lot of different things in, in this. Uh, as you can probably tell by the length of the podcast, it is going to be a long one. However, I feel like there are stuff in here that just needs to be said. Um, so if you, if you stick around for all of it, uh, we appreciate it very much. So thank you for that. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself anyway. But... Yeah, enjoy. Um, Also wanted to say that I hope everyone is safe uh, during this lockdown period and staying home. Um, Obviously going out for your daily allowance of exercise. Um, But yeah, stay safe everyone and I hope you enjoy this podcast. When or why should you move to Sumo? Who wants to start? (laughs) What? Are we sat on that question, are we? If you want, mate. Oh. You wanted some questions. I've got like 30 right here. Uh, if you want to. Yeah. If you want to give sumo a go, give sumo a go. If it like if it fits with your like some people like just aren't really built for sumo. Not I suppose not built for sumo, but like some people just don't get on with it that well. So yeah. if you're one of those people I wouldn't say carry on with it. However, if you want to try sumo and you want to give it a go, there's no reason like why you can't. Just probably do it in an off-season when you're not in the peak for a meet. The problem with sumo as well, it's like one of those lifts that takes years to develop. So it may not be immediately clicking and it may not be like an immediate improvement on your conventional. But if you stick with it and if it looks like in the long run it could be beneficial and it's worth sticking with just to see how it plays out in a year or two because it's just one of those things where you have to get adequate positioning to in order to actually lift something relatively decent in comparison to like a conventional deadlift because it's way more technical than it is conventional yeah it took me a long time when I switched to sumo to feel even comfortable under the bar and I still don't feel that great at it and I switched in 2018 I think so yeah it's a long time but at the end of the day, like for most of us, it also comes down to like enjoyment and which which one you find obviously better or easier or mm. whatever for for a lot of people. So yeah, I feel like it's also worth noting like your potential volume tolerance. If you can sumo relatively well, is much much higher than it is conventional for most people. Um, so longer term, that's a consideration that you can make. But I I think your if you can continue to make progress conventional i feel like you're just allowing your potential sumo deadlift to be much much higher so i am often apprehensive to get someone to switch if they're still making progress like training cycle to training cycle with a conventional deadlift because i think it's it almost is like it's giving your potential sumo much more room if you if you can switch and if you can make it work personally what makes you think that though uh personal experience and like i personally think that um conventional deadlifting is 
a better well is a decent accessory for sumo whereas the opposite probably isn't true yeah i'd agree with that yeah yeah so effectively if you're making that base bigger base bigger for um your potential later on switch to uh to sumo it's beneficial yeah i'm not really one who gives conventional to a lot of sumo pillars um I have lately, purely because of the times we're in, and like people won't be competing for a long, long time. So it's worth just getting that skill right. developed and working on that movement. But I'm not one person who say like someone's four weeks, five weeks, now five blocks out of a comp would give them conventional as like an accessory. I'll just get them to just sumo still and then work on other things with their accessory work. Well, wow. that's just how we differ, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. All right, next question. <coughs> uh, someone says, please talk about the effects, brackets, benefits of different slash little slash no training for powerlifting in the lockdown. That's a bit weirdly phrased, isn't it? So I guess that just means, what do you guys think the effects of little to no training will bring um, for, for us powerlifters? Um, I reckon there loads of people are going to go way too hard when they go back. They're going to go way too hard, way too soon, and get a bit fucked up. Yeah. I feel like that's that's one of those like personal discoveries you have to do once you haven't been to the gym in a while, like some of us have in this room. Or in this virtual room. Like someone will feel really, really good going back, or they'll feel really shitty and <clears throat> feeling really good, or just push it way too soon, like Pete just said, and they'll get hurt. Or the person who's really shitty will just end up slowly increasing whatever they're doing to a point where they're back to normality and it will start feeling decent again. Because I think all the stuff people are doing now in terms of home workouts or more movement-based um, type exercises is only going to, depending if you're doing them properly and you're aiming to improve movement or positioning, it'll have a benefit in terms of powerlifting long-term. I think a lot of people will come out with better, yeah, better like control of their, of their fine motor skills, I, I would say. Um, but it just depends on how quickly they push once they get back into the gym. And also, obviously, like we don't know the length of the lockdown really. So, say if we're only in lockdown for the next two weeks, then it might actually have you know, everyone might actually be a lot better going back into it because they've just had that forced break of three weeks of not doing any barbell work well for the most of us anyway that don't have a home gym um but yeah we'll see we'll see how it goes because it could be yeah. three weeks could be 10 weeks i think i think that it's just gonna spiral out of control i would say I uh, the further the weeks go on being open until like june to be honest yeah i don't see it open th- until june either but we'll see i think a lot of people at the moment are sort of like they're so down on their gym closing and they're underestimating the actual like good amount of work you can do with movement exercises and like just like yeah movement prep exercises because when I got injured I literally spent about six months just doing like movement prep and I came back probably as strong as I went away and I've improved so much more since just because I've been like robust I can tolerate volume so much more and yeah. Well, that's the thing I'm interested to see. I think you said this, Paige, how many people actually PR within 
X amount of weeks after this sort of lockdown away from barbell movements. I think, I think that's just... People... I... Sorry, carry on, Peach. I think it's just going to depend on how long people are locked up for. Like, two, three weeks and people are, like, actually training in their... You know, I think there's there's a multitude of factors here because, like, people are probably sleeping more. They're probably being a little bit more wary or aware of their nutrition. Likelihood is if they're working from home and, you know, they don't have kids and whatever, then they're a little bit less stressed, all that sort of stuff. As much as weird times, like, if you did have access to a full gym right now, it's, like, ideal times, right? Because nothing's going on. So you can sleep as much as you want, pretty much. You can eat as much as you want, pretty much. You can make sure you eat, drink enough water, etc., um but i think people that don't have access to gyms right now and if this goes on for four months i can't see them then pring i think it's gonna be a bit of a weird one but it wouldn't surprise me if within a block or two people did you know yeah. like my set like if you take somebody like me for instance like i was joking around with dwaz the other day like normally basically anything that loads through my pec hurts my pec like my pec tendon hurts like push-ups whatever i end up doing normally hurts like even like day to day life, I'll like go to pick something up with my left arm coming across my body and I'll like feel my pec tendon like kick off. And I haven't done anything except one workout that I had to host for Elite. I had to do like an online workout for them. Um, and like zero pain in my pec. Just because I've actually like rested and stopped like trying to just constantly navigate it. So there's a potential issue for some of those like longer term underlying things to potentially go away for people as well, maybe. Um, but to be fair, I also think that the the big change is going to be on motivation for people when they're actually back in the gym. Like people are actually going to value it so much more, um, which I definitely think myself included, people took for granted. Like you never thought that gyms would be taken away. And now that they are, people are like, oh shit, you know, like I miss the barbell or I miss the community that I had at the gym or I miss you know, being able to go in and do like hack squats or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's, that's me. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. I think, and then I think leading on to that is it's more like a lot of people right now are struggling with home workouts because of just being so, so, so different from barbell movements. Uh, and then you say if like, cause the average person is only going to have access to maybe a dumbbell if you're lucky. And then, you know, just a couple bands here and there. Uh, and a lot of my clients have said to me anyway that um, they're kind of struggling in terms of finding the motivation to work out, especially because you're like cooped up in home as well. And then um, obviously you're not being allowed out more than once a day. Some people might be, you know, a little bit more uh, exciting and, and leave twice a day. But yeah, some people have just been saying motivation's been a, a a big issue for for most but what what do you guys think on, on that front like how would you how would you approach that what in terms of proving motivation for someone yeah especially if someone doesn't want to because a lot of the lot of people listening right now won't want to do a lot of these home workouts based off you know like movement prep that kind of thing it depends how like serious you are about lifting and how like driven you are towards your goal like at the end of the day sitting on your ass on the sofa not doing like movement prep or like your home workouts isn't going to get you closer to your goal it's probably going to get you further away doing movement prep is going to get you closer closer to your goal so it like for me that's what I think of it like it depends how bad I want it it depends how they're motivated as well. If you're wanting to build that, can internally motivate yourself, or you have to be 
externally motivated by something else and that's the issue for a lot of people some people just haven't got that like you said that drive or that passion to want to get up and move around and they're just going to sit there and wait until they have the opportunity to actually go somewhere else to do it and a lot of people struggle to actually live from home yeah man i mean for me like at home i do a lot of stuff on my laptop um and obviously it's it's my home right so i eat here and whatever and i have literally the idea of like getting away from my desk and doing press-ups or going to my garden and doing some kettlebell swings is just not even remotely appealing and i haven't trained in two and a half weeks and there's a part of me that's still sulking that this whole thing's going on even though i know that doesn't solve anything it's just it's a it's a bit fucking weird what's, what's going on um and you know for, for me like I, I have longer term goals, sure, but a lot of that stuff for me, like I've been like rehabbing an injury and I've been doing a lot of movement prep stuff and I don't really need to worry massively about doing that movement prep stuff. Like it's probably it would benefit me, of course it would, but not as much as maybe it would have done me 18 months ago. Um, and for me, like. I'm just kind of like mentally trying to deload from it all right now, and that might change in a week or two, but the idea of not having like not really being able to so the kettlebell that I have is a 16 kilo kettlebell so like <clears throat> if I did extremely high rep swings maybe that'd be beneficial maybe if I did like some snatches and maybe some pressing or like things like Turkish get-ups that might be useful but I mean it just doesn't really appeal to me at all yeah, if I'm honest. Asked, like yeah you'd be asked to do that yeah no you know like what I'm gonna have to do probably a hundred plus swings to get any benefit out of my posterior chain with yeah. a 16 kilo kettlebell. Oh, RIP. RIP. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> so it's it's it, it's tricky. I think that there are there are a lot more people that are in a situation where the home workouts. Like I'm thinking, especially like a lot of like maybe beginner, early intermediate females. Like them getting really good at push-ups may very well have a huge positive correlation towards their bench press when they come back. Oh, 100 um, percent. But like a dude that can drop down and do 50, like without breaking a sweat, is probably not going to do a whole lot for them. And you're going to have to get super creative. Um, the one thing that I do think this could definitely benefit is people's like shoulder health. Like if people can do like leave here, being able to do like handstand pushups and more like single arm instability stuff and different types of planks, I think that could be useful. Um, like if we take somebody like Ben Glasscock, for instance, who's historically had some shitty scaps like it's a great time for him to get that fixed um or to try well, I mean, and get he's that still fixed. training at the moment <laughs> is he oh shit but yeah you yeah, know he's like, still training yeah he's just training out of stuff, yeah. yeah i mean that strongman stuff he's been doing he's doing so fucking well man he's killing it but um it looks fun it does look super fun like the it's what a time to, what a time stuff, to be a strongman what a time yeah. to be a strongman you just like open up your like, rusty oh, garage and be like, I'm going to carry this and I'm going to deadlift this car. Fuck it. Let's go. Throw a fucking washing machine on your shoulder and walk around. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's perfect time, time to be a strong man. <laughs> if you have the equipment. Why don't you? I guess you can make shift. You could do mate, anything. Um, mate, just go and find a big fucking true. stone from somewhere. Yeah. Where am I going to find a big old stone lying around? Actually, I live next to a quarry, I think. I <laughs> look, look at that! Bang! <laughs> um, anyway, let's move on to a little bit more of a serious question. 
Uh, how do you guys think the closure of gyms is going to impact the mental health of the UK? This is a bit of a... <laughs> For gym owners, not great. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that was a given, but... Are we talking strictly in, in members? Of, I guess, sorry? Are we talking like strictly members, as in like people that go to the gym, not people that work at the gym? Yeah, let's say, let's say like just your average lift that goes to the gym. Depends if I've got anything at home. I think... I yeah, think I feel like... The, the social interaction is going to hurt people more than the lack of exercise. Yeah. Because I feel like if you really want to exercise, like you're already going out for walks, you're already doing some home stuff. I think the, the part that most people are struggling with this is the, the social distancing. Like... You know what I mean? Something like this is probably as close as we get to some sort of social interaction, um, which is weird, especially if you're regularly going to the gym when it's, you know, reasonably busy and you've got like gym friends. Oh, gym friend. And that sort of stuff. You know what I mean? Like if you're going there and there's a group of six or seven of you and you always train together and now you suddenly don't have that. Not only is your environment changed for exercise, but obviously you don't have that level of social interaction either. Um, so. I think that's going to be more than necessarily just the exercise because I feel like going out for a walk and stuff clears your head reasonably well. Maybe not as much as like a good gym session would, but or at least for us. But I think it's yeah, it serves yeah. something of a purpose. That's my opinion, anyway. Yeah, I yeah. feel like it will just come down to how how tough you are as an individual and what your previous experiences have been, I guess, because. Because for some people, it might not phase them at all, right? So some people might like like the introverts. They might like this kind of, not like it, but they might be all right with the situation or like not be in quite like a, a neutral place. Whereas I know some extroverts are struggling quite bad, obviously, with, with the lack of human interaction, um, which is fair enough. But like, I don't need, I don't need you can say either, too much of either like one thing or the other because... With mental health, it's so complicated that I don't think you can just put a blanket on it and be like, oh, this type of person will probably be fine, but this type of person will probably be uh, struggling a little bit. But yeah, I think I think it's one of those like case by case people, uh, case by case cases, um, in my opinion. I think what you'll struggle with is like people that are working still at the moment, especially those that are in the NHS, <clears throat> at least they're in the fire services, social care, etc. They're working around the clock now and they haven't got that place to go to where they can just relax and clear their head and just do something or like speak to someone else that's not to do with their work. Because the thing is with them, speaking from my own experience at the moment and other people that I know within the emergency services, all they're doing is they're going to work. They're working stupid long shifts. They've got stressful fucking hell job at the moment and you don't have that space to go and just like that's your space and your time to just wind down and take your mind off everything and just clear your head. And like for some people, a walk won't do that. And like coming home from a 12 hour shift and then having like maybe some kit in your garden to do something isn't that either. It's just having that environment to go to and the lack of, like Pete said, like the social distancing and the connection with other people and the communication with them is what's going to damage them way more. And I think that's the sort of people you're going to get um, who, if they do suffer mental health, will have some issues from that. That's a very good point. <clears throat> do you want to keep going into the corona weeds or do you want to talk about some other stuff? Corona weeds. <laughs> I feel like every 
I feel like everyone's talking about Corona time way too much. Um, yeah. So I feel like you know it might it might be a breath of fresh air to just have some sort of well, what I are, guess normal talks. What other questions have you got, Dwaz? Like, are they all Corona related? I've got one that's not, I guess, <laughs> but it's kind of related. It's just off the back of Corona, but it are says. They- Training plans for immediate future. Oh, wait, that says whilst in lockdown. Never mind. Let's just flip that question <laughs> and talk about. Let's flip that question and let's talk about what are the kind of things that we would implement um, coming out of a lockdown for people that um, have access to the gym um, once obviously all of this goes down. So, what, what, once, once we're out of isolation and we're back to normal. Back to yeah, normal, so what, what would. What would our what would our thought process be, and how would we carry someone on into the gym that Most has had RM test? Yeah, just max out. <laughs> max out. Fuck well, me. I mean, I mean, most people did a pre-lockout. <laughs> yeah, lockdown. Yeah, so. pre and a post. Yeah. 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 <laughs> everyone's on this, Everyone's right? on that twelve-week Corona program right now, and everyone wants to see what results <laughs> they're going to get. How, how feel- much has my squat got from these isometric holes? <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I, feel like, I feel like going relatively low volume and relatively like low relative intensity as in low RPE for the barbell movements when people get back is probably going to be a good idea for the first pff, at least four weeks probably more like eight um, I feel like people could probably push a little bit harder on some higher rep bodybuilding style stuff but I would not want to like have somebody eat a big deadlift after not deadlifting for 12 weeks you know what i mean yeah especially yeah, if they're kind of their ass doing basically nothing but also take into account like frequency <laughs> as well if you were like squatting three times a week before lockdown to so then nothing you don't want to go back to that three times a week 100 percent. i guess you just come back to it as a beginner really so you yeah. just put it as what a beginner would go on or something similar in, in terms of that sort of thing you have some sort of like muscle memory newbie period yeah. But then it'll just back to normal again. Yeah. It would be a good time for tempo, though. You know? It will be a good time Love for tempo. tempo. When people tempo come back. Singles. <laughs> what I'm saying? Tempo, tempo everything. Apart but from I've been saying for the last year. Tempo. Like, uh, I've been doing tempo singles on bench forever. And well, why do you only bench 140? I don't, I, don't, I don't have a big bench. I bench 150, <laughs> actually. Thank you very much. That's 10 kilos more than what you just said. <laughs> 10 whole kilos right that doesn't come yeah. by easy is it only 150 <laughs> I, I actually thought you benched more than that <laughs> not all of us can be blessed with a 180 bench okay mine was sketchy yeah well it was sketchy but it was strong he I has very say. short arms as well don't forget the dude yeah, has to bend over to touch his pockets yeah <laughs> <laughs> Bend over. <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> it took a while to click. It's so I was, thinking, I was like, why am I bending over to touch my back pockets? And I realised you meant to that matter. A lot of a lot of this uh, a lot of this stuff that I've got on uh, my group is like, well, it was basically before I launched my podcast initially. Um, and there's just like a load of ideas for topics. So I don't really know how much of it's that relevant right now. But the most voted for question as a topic 
is eating for power versus eating for a weight class. I feel like that's something we don't need to talk about right now. All right. Why? Because there's lack of food available. Yeah. Because there's no food. There's, I just there's the no spot. bread anywhere. <laughs> Where is this bread? <laughs> Mate, I don't, where have people stocked all this bread? Like, how there's big is your guy, freezer? There's some eat? guy who just eaten all the wheat. He's got it all. <laughs> Literally did last week. All that's left is this multi-seeded brown whole wheat stuff and it's disgusting. <laughs> Bro, I've got that on the side of my I, well, I just want my white bread back. No, oh my five grams of protein a slice, D-Wags. What are you on about? Yeah, it tastes yeah, like that's ass, though. I want that, that seeded bread's the one, bro. You stick enough peanut butter on that and you're talking about 40 gram protein serving. I don't even Ooh. have peanut butter. <laughs> I just have jam. <sighs> oh. I'm running out of jam. <laughs> I, I bet you're the sort of guy that eats orange marmalade, aren't you? No, I don't eat orange marmalade. I just have raspberry or, or strawberry. You know, the basics. I'm a basic bitch. I, I don't raspberry, believe that you've never had yeah. strawberry marmalade or whatever it is, orange marmalade. Yeah, well, like marmalades. What's the difference between marmalade and our jam anyway? I don't know. I'll Google it. Hang on, Karen's walking. And then, and then there's and then there's like raspberry conserve and stuff. <laughs> oh, that's, that's just jam, bro. That's just what a posh jam. Called? It's just a posh jam. You get them in those little glass, those little glass ones. They're Bon Mama. They're decent. That's what that's what I stock up with. Yeah, yeah. Yummy, yeah, mate. I like those ones. Yeah, those blue, nice. the blueberry jam hits different too. If you ever have a blueberry jam, it's... I haven't had the blueberry one. Right. I, I usually stick with the raspberry and the strawberry. Ewas, what's the difference between jam and marmalade? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I just asked that question. You can't marmalade your dick up a girl's ass. <laughs> <laughs> well. The question is, are you going to edit that out of the podcast or are you going to leave that in? Absolutely not. I don't really care at the moment. So. <laughs> I don't think anyone does. So we're just going to... Nah, I'm going to have to I'm gonna have to edit that one out. I don't think you should. Um, <laughs> I don't think you should. Just do, it. just do a little bleep over the dick. <laughs> or, or, or you just yeah, yeah. You cut it and you stick it at the end. And you're like, hang around for some outtakes. Right, do you actually know the difference between the two now? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I might as well now. We're okay, here. right. Here. <laughs> the people want to know, the listeners will want to know. So jam is made from fruit, solidified pectin and sugar is added for sweetness, right? Marmalade, on the other hand, is most often made from citrus fruits and is made by boiling the juice of fruit along with the peel and sugar and water. Mmm. Sounds there disgusting. Interesting. Delicious. Right, here's another here's another topic that is potentially. What about curd though? Oh right, well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but surely curd is just like I don't know, it just tastes disgusting anyway. So no one really cares. Really, lemon curd. Actually, lemon lemon curd is alright. Lemon curd is it? Is it lemon Lemon curd? curd? Yeah. Okay, Mister eighty-year-old, you're the oldest one here. Yeah, I'm not talking about fucking lemon curd, though, am I? And marmalade. In your head, you were. <laughs> Lewis is the one that brought up marmalade. It was a good, it was a good joke, though. To be fair, I liked his joke. Long, I started that to progress that to the joke with you. <laughs> That's such a lie. Don't even, don't even lie. Don't even lie. It's all in here. <clears throat> all right, here's one that will, um, that is completely off 
on a on a different tangent, which is good, which is good. We'll like that. We'll, we'll keep the uh, we'll keep the listeners guessing at every moment. Um, the, two anyway. <laughs> the two people that are listening, yeah, probably. Uh, opinions on PEDs. Do them. <laughs> say do, what? Did someone say shut up? And someone say do them. What? <laughs> Uh, what for powerlifting or generally? I guess let's since we're all in powerlifting, let's, let's talk about opinions of PEDs in powerlifting. Well, if Viagra ain't working no more, boy, you better start injecting that test. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm just bringing some humour to the podcast, do you guys? The last segment was just a joke, so <laughs> it was a good Parmelade. one. Though. It yeah, was I got it, was good. <laughs> it was a good one. It got me good. I think Peach can get on his premium subscription actually. If you uh, search that <laughs> marmalade. <laughs> oh god, that was not a good morning. Well, what's, <laughs> today. what's what's your opinion on PEDs, Dewes? What's my opinions on PEDs? Are you are you um, going to become <clears throat> the next Andy Huang? Are you going to do it? Nah, I don't think I will. I mean, there's nothing. There's no point for me to do it. If if there was like a legitimate legitimate chance of me getting like freakishly strong, then yeah, I would probably do it. But I've I, I've got nothing to gain from it. Like I don't really well, fancy being a little, a little bit strong. What's that? Did your benchmark go up? Yeah, but like I'm not gonna use PEDs to help me to get that up. Like, just, come on. Let me see. As it turns out, I bench you, we then turn to PEDs. If you outbench me, maybe, but then I can you, so I'll just, I'll just, nah, I'll bomb you out. So. What does Chris bench? <laughs> Chris benches like 142. 147. Chris, what'd you weigh? Uh, about 70 kilos at the moment. What are you, D-Wise? <laughs> no, I didn't get that. Can you just repeat Sorry, that? The lion... <laughs> uh, the lion cut out there. I don't know. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. Like, so. Was that 108? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm not that heavy. That was. I haven't been that heavy since first year. Uh, I'm 102-ish at the moment. Oh, okay. Well, technically, I was 100 on the scales yesterday, but I don't think it was. I don't think the scales were right. That was the upstairs one. Um, the, don't do the maths on it. <laughs> That's what we're doing right now. Like pound for pound, he's working it out. I'm just seeing what the wheels comparison is. Uh, let's I think it's I think it's pretty big. So Chris is a one ten bench Wilkes. Anyway, who even who cares well, about ninety bench Wilkes? That's not, that's not good. That's really not good. Oh, Chris has a better bench box than me as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these lightweights are, are freakish, isn't it? Just I edit that conversation, D-Wise. It doesn't need to be in the podcast. Yeah, I might, I might have to. No one needs to talk about that. Yeah, you brought yourself into that one anyway. <laughs> that damn marmalade joke. <laughs> All right, here's, here's a fun question for everyone. If you could do only one exercise for the rest of your life, why? What would it be and why? Hamstring curl. <laughs> <laughs> why are you, you not? Did or like? 
laughing. Why? Why? Okay. I'm going to do a snatch script deadlift. You want to live in pain for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, only, I'm only doing one exercise, man. I want to make that the hardest shit possible. All right, well, why don't you do that right now? Yeah, I'm going to do a snatch grip kettlebell deadlift with one what? kettlebell. You <laughs> All you need is a broom, right? And then you just put the uh, broom through the kettlebell. And snap that. That'll snap the broom. 60 kilos. Nah, I'd be alright. Probably. Well, you have to do a life. clean and jerk. You do have a sports science degree. That's two exercises. Nah, it's not as one. Clean and jerk. It's two. <laughs> it's in the Olympics as one exercise. What about the jerking cleans? The jerking cleans. I don't think we should. I think, I think everyone jerks at some point anyway, so. You know, everyone who does powerlifting does a little bit of jerking sometimes. Well, that's why Paige was 10 minutes late this morning. <laughs> nah, but seriously, a lot of people have been going over to Olympic lifting um, from what I see. Uh, well, and before, until before this uh, this corona breakdown anyway, but I feel like that's a, that's a whole topic on, on burnout. Actually, I was listening to that on uh, Paige's podcast yesterday uh, with, with Bryce Lewis. You guys were talking about burnout, and I was thinking about how a lot of people have have gone to uh, different sports like Olympic weightlifting and just trying something else, even though they've not really been in the sport for that long. I was thinking, you so know, many man, so many hyper specific programming straight off the bat. Dudes like, well, most people are like what, like complete beginners, um, and no wonder they feel burnout. Obviously, within a couple months or a couple half a year or whatever, because all you're doing is Sorry. A lot of juniors as well. Yep. Yeah, I guess it's. That's the man. What, what, what's your What's your take on that, guys? Hyper specific programming straight from the get go. What for a complete newbie? For a complete newbie, or maybe like someone who's just a couple months into the gym. An absolute no no. You just You just don't need to like. Uh, I think Alberto Nunez said this, like, <clears throat> every time you increase frequency, it becomes less and less effective. So let's just say you've got a quota of 100%, right? And you're doing, you're squatting. When you go to two sessions a week, you're effectively going to, so that's 50% and 50%. And then you go to three sessions a week and it's 33, 33, 33. And every single time you up your frequency or up your volume within that given range, each each effective stimulus becomes less and less and it's also another thing that you need to manage and most of the time i would say probably 99 percent of people that we end up dealing with that are that are basically not from a bodybuilding background are just there's just so many gains they can make elsewhere like oftentimes they just need more muscle mass they need more motor control they need to learn how to control the movement pattern more and just shoving like more and more squatting benching and deadlifting down their throats just doesn't benefit them long term i don't think definitely need to build some sort of that muscular base and movement base but like just general movement patterns and like when you start bodybuilding that's like when you kind of fine-tune yourself into 
sort of like half knowing about like RPE, RRR, that sort of thing. Like, not someone that's completely new in you give them or go about RP8, three sets of three of RP8 on them, squats or something. And I, I see a lot of people doing this actually with beginners. I'm like, why are you even prescribing them RPE or RIR? Um, like within the first few months of training them like yeah you get there to rate their RPE that's fine but don't give them a program based off RPE when they've just been starting or you know just a couple months into their program but yeah that's, the majority of intermediates can't even gauge RPE properly exactly so oh. some people are like oh, maybe that's an 8 maybe that's an 8.5 I'm like well you don't know what so, but the yeah. problem with like, beginners as well, getting them to be so specific is their technique a lot of the time is pretty naff. So you're just, you're ingraining really poor motor patterns just over and over and over. And yeah. They're inconsistent as well. That's the thing. And like, yeah, they might progress and like their lifts might go up, but like the longevity of that, there just, there isn't any. No, exactly. But, but like, like at the same time, you could argue with like this, right? What was that last bit? Sorry. What? What was that last bit you said? I just cut I out a little bit. It looks good for clout, though, so that's all that matters. <laughs> clout lifting, 2020. Well, actually, no lifting, 2020. If you had no platform to post anything, things would be a hell of a lot different. I, I agree with you, this. But do you I reckon as many would be lifting if there was no, no nowhere to post it? Well, that just shows who cares about the sport and who doesn't really, isn't it? Very true. Yeah. I don't reckon I, uh, as many people will be listening because I wouldn't have heard about powerlifting without probably, well, d but Instagram. Like, mm, would I have wanted to get into it? I went to uni with you and I got you into it. So, there you go. Mm, yeah, but like, if you were just like the only one doing it that I knew, I was like, oh, that's a bit of a pointless sport. I probably wouldn't but, have done it, but I saw all the people on social media doing it. But, like, imagine now, like, social media just gone. None of it anymore. Yeah. The numbers will drop. Yeah, probably would. The way, the way things are programmed and the way things lift, people lift, that would change as well. I actually had a, a conversation with an American coach about, about year-round singles and how I think that in a lot of instances where coaches program relatively high RPE sets year-round as, like, a marketing tool, so they've always got something to share and post. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where you know yeah. maybe maybe they've they basically just want to constantly show off uh, a lifter at a top end strength level, so it's you know so it's impressive to others, um, and it's basically now just starting to become something of a marketing tool, which I just strongly disagree with. It's sort of like it's difficult to tell whether or not they actually have their business's best interest at heart or the lifter's best interest at heart short term, and. Uh, I think it's, you know, like re- regularly programmed, like eight to 10 RPE singles. I just, I just think in some cases it's something of a market, uh, marketing ploy, especially with some of these guys that have got much higher, like some relatively higher level lifters. Like I get that singles are a skill, but these high, you know, these like 90 plus percent loads constantly, oftentimes multiple times a week with the same lift is just, I don't know. I, I, I struggle to understand it maybe as a year round as a premise to do things. You know what I mean? I just think 
you're doing this so you've got something to share and you've got yourself to promote as a result mm. i think one, the, one I, coach comes to mind from that sorry carry on chris i think for coaches instagram well it's a good marketing tool but for like the premise <clears> of like coaching and like showing off your athletes it's not a good tool however i think for athletes that require like external motivation or validation or whatever it might be it's a good tool because otherwise would they be training as hard would they be progressing as hard okay it's like it's a very fine line between saying like ah this is an rp9 quite clearly isn't it's or like this is an rp7 sorry uh, and it's quite clearly like an rp nine and a half to then actually getting like a decent amount of training in and like wanting to have external validation on the amount of effort or whatever you might be putting into the gym. Um, but then at the same time, it's not great for the coach. Uh, it's not great for the athletes if the coaches are just doing like, right, we're going to do these really high intensities all the time to show you off to social media. But that external validation you just mentioned leads to a lot of overshooting. Yeah. And that's where people don't progress. Um, I'd go for a piss, but I'll tell you what you were saying, Peach, about like year round singles. What do you think in terms of like how that changes between the three lifts? Um, I think I think the bench is one that you could probably do year round. Yeah. Um, for the majority of people, it's just not as taxing in terms of the power lifts. You're you're basically only. I mean, obviously, deadlift does tax the upper body inside of squatting to a degree, but like realistically we're taking more out of our lower body on a more regular basis through squat and deadlifts and the actual like absolute intensity as in load for the majority of lifters is greater on both the squat and deadlift than it is the bench um and the range of motion is just so much shorter on a bench press and probably technically the well in in the ipf at least it's probably the most technically demanding lift um so probably requires the most skill practice um, I do think that people could be a little bit more thoughtful with a lot of the singles that they're doing though. So things like tempo singles or extended pauses or um, things like that are probably worth incorporating more than just competition. Um, I think the only thing that I personally disagree with is like, a, I know that some people sit in the camp of like as an overload type movement of a touch and go bench, which I just don't really agree with. I think I it encourages, um, I think it encourages really bad mechanics. Um and that kind of like really hard touch and heave kind of thing, like a like a springboard kind of bench, like an American football style bench kind of comes to mind. Yeah. Um, and then I think probably second on that list in terms of singles is probably going to be um, squats, unless you're a really efficient sumo puller. Like if you can like pull sumo extremely efficient, efficiently and it doesn't really fatigue like your erectors too much and it's relatively upright and kind of much more of a leg press kind of style. So somebody like a, a Yuri Belkin comes to mind, or if you guys follow a guy called Derek Ung, who's a, a Canadian lifter. Um, Is it the 59? Yeah, the 59 guy, deadlifts yeah, to yeah. 75. Like he's basically like completely oh, upright and his that, hips are yeah. high and it just yeah. goes like that. Um, then he, you can probably get away with singles more often. But then ab- absolutely the stronger that you get, the more fatiguing those singles are going to be. So throw in a pause or something like that, you're limited there anyway. Like a poor single versus a normal single. Yeah. Um, I think me and you have discussed that before. I mean, I don't really... I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know how much I like concentric pause anything. Mm. Um, unless it's like really, really like to drill in a specific position. 
but then I wouldn't do a single, you know, but that's, that's, that's my personal coaching thing. I can, I can see its use. I just yeah. didn't program it myself. You have to regulate RPE accordingly as well, not just like week one, right? And at eight single, a pause sumo. Like you can't do that. It just doesn't, you're not going to get anything from that. And I think that's the problem people use these singles for. Like the first week is always at eight and then they use that as a tool to progress. And they get a lot of that from um, Mike T and they use as emergent strategies as a way of using these excuses to then do RPA singles. And I just think it gets programmed in the incorrect way. First week, Jesus. Can you imagine an at eight single on the squat <clears throat> one week one? Well, dude, I think I think that's I think that's fine though if the lifter is <clears throat> if the lifter is mature enough to actually do an at eight single and that their volume is then regulated off the back of that. Um, I think the issue is is you're thinking oh. of you're maybe thinking of a, an athlete who would see an RP8 single and think, oh, fuck, I'm going to max out, you know, yeah. and try and take like 95 plus percent on week That's one the and then and then leave themselves nowhere to go. Yeah. Whereas realistically, if you've got a relatively mature lifter doing something like that, you know, that's probably going to be somewhere between, I don't know, 85 and 95 percent, maybe if they've had a really successful training block um, or they're in a really, really good, great spot, then they might end up, you know, chipping away at that. Um Plus, like a lot of, I mean, not always, but a lot of the emerging strategies type of models that people get wrong is oftentimes the frequency is lower. So if you had a relatively, you know, intermediate to advanced athlete who was maybe squatting, who was maybe doing five hard sets of squats a week and only had a frequency of like one, then you can definitely get away with exposure, more exposure to that relatively heavy intensity. I think you run into issues where people are like they're trying to do the Mike T thing without really or the like re uh, reactive training systems thing without really understanding it. And then having like, you know, every time they squat, they'll do an RP8 single. And it's just like their form's already trash and they can't recover from an RP8 single once a week, let alone three times a week. You know, or they're doing, I don't know, strange variations that you wouldn't be able to justify, let's say, um, in a. Heavy. In a manner that's loaded too heavy. But we didn't we speak about this before, like the fact that the stuff he's got out about <clears throat> strategies, it's not just that. There's way more to it, but it's just not in the public domain. So people get yeah, it yeah, but, at the moment and they're just taking it the wrong way. Yeah, I think we spoke about that on that on our private Skype. So yeah, obviously people aren't gonna know about that. But yeah, I think I think it's I think it's. I can't say I'm not doing that again. <laughs> It's giving me PTSD. Yes, yes, all right. Is um what about <laughs> some good strategy anyway? That barbecue joke's gone to I say it, man. Nah, I I couldn't even say it last time. Remember, and I was like, oh god, I can't say. Well, it. but actually, it actually, anyway. plug. Uh, I interviewed Mike T and published oh. it this morning. So oh, did you? I I grill him. I grill him about magic <laughs> And um and yeah, so. So yes, mate. So we speak a lot about that, and I ask him about like a lot of the questions that we spoke about in that group chat, actually about um, like how do we, how do you justify like flat level of stress across a block? So you might work out a lifter's time to peak, but how do you justify having like six weeks at the same stress? Because effectively, if if you say have the same training week and it's the same RPE and it's the same volume, etc., theoretically, even if you're getting stronger throughout that block the stress is the same so you have a flat level of stress so how do you how do you justify that how do you mitigate that there's loads of stuff in there about it which is good um training stress or... if you, you want to learn more about yeah training stress oh, sorry, oh. 
Um, so, yeah, there you go. I guess if you if you want to learn a bit more about that, you can go listen to previous podcasts, which you can find at. at Are you asking me to plug at, uh, at the Battalion Barbell Podcast? <laughs> Although it changes as of next week, it's going to be something else. I have a co-host. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Although oh, I know the, all, I know all of the gossip. This huh? is probably going to take you like three weeks to post. So. It's, it's probably going to be. I'm going to post it today. <laughs> As of two weeks ago. I'm going to post it today. I'm going to post it today. Yeah, I'm going to post it today. You're going to post it today, Monday the 30th of March, yeah? Monday the 30th of March, yeah. <laughs> I, might, oh, I might start a podcast. What are you going to call it? You should call it Key Time with Lewis K. Smith. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> right, there we go. It's sorted, right? Watch this space, 2022. <laughs> that's when i have time because i have a full-time job uh, I, might, I might have a full-time job soon actually hey don't don't be saying that yeah, right I'm now gonna, i'm gonna lose my like... training partner mate not only not only is this quarantine gonna have me fucked up and i'm not gonna train for two months but i'll also at the end of it not have a training partner it's gonna be great you really will be so yeah good. <laughs> yeah we'll be practicing so unless you want to train at some ridiculous times uh let's not do that actually because uh, i don't know i don't know i'm having a really hard time because if i get a nice five then training at advantage is going to be absolute hell because there's so many people that go in that in that block five to five to eight or whatever so that's gonna be fun you train at midnight like me i can't why why can't okay, <laughs> okay. um I don't think you'll let me open up the gym, you know. All right. The owner of the gym. I feel like there's too much liability for that. But I guess I have access to another gym I could go to. But then I wouldn't have to tell her. But then, but see, that, that just brings a problem for the whole other thing. Because that only has... I'm thinking stuff a whole deal, so I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. You guys are just weird. That's the, that's the content that people want to know about, Diaz. What are you going to do when you get a job? And how, how are you going to train around it? <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> I'm gonna go from chilled work week to to actually working. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like it's kind of easy. You just suck it up and train at like six p.m. two weekdays, and then just train both days of the weekend, and you're done. Yeah. Wow. Easy. What happens? Fuck. What happens. That is easy. key right there. Honestly, wow. You got any more questions? I- Right, I've got um, loads. Go on. Rapid fire. Let's go. Let's, 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 go on, come on. Yeah, let's go for some rapid fire. Oh my god. Uh, none of these these are all like these are all like topics though. Oh. Um, it's fine. It's about topics. It's fine. How, how to set yourself up for successful training. Have a program. Done. Next one. Yep. <laughs> uh comp That's day true. tactic. Go to the comp. Next one. Go nine for nine. Go nine for nine. I hear the key is just to absolutely sandbag. So your yep. opener is an RPE four. Yep. Your second is an RPE five. And your third yep. is an RPE six. And then you can't well, miss. Well, they always say the strongest one never always wins. So tactics. So the trick is not to be the strongest person at the comp. And then you'll win. Yeah. <laughs> I've been following that tactic and I've not won yet. <laughs> <laughs> Yet, yet, okay, yet is, is the key word there. 
is a whole topic on its own, so we'll just. Kit reviews. Who makes the best knee sleeves? SPD. 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 All right. Who makes the best wrist wraps? S- SPD. Oh. SPD do oh, not make that's the best wrist wraps. No, they used no. to. They used to, and then they got shit. I've got the uh, I reckon. Nah, I like the. I like the. What's it called? The strong ones. The Mark Bell ones. Gangster, oh, gangster, wraps. gangster wraps. Yeah, I think gangster, I like gangster, gangster wraps are probably the best flexible wrist wrap. Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, no, I've got so, the yeah. Titan Gold wraps, and they are yeah. they're good, but they're just a little bit abrasive at the moment. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I think Titan make decent wrist wraps. Mm. What about um, what about belts, boys? Belt considerations for people. I've heard A7 quite good. Which one? I've have heard you got? A7 belts good. The A7 from quite a lot of people. What's that single prong one, or you got the um, lever? Well, both. Sean Paul's got the, the same one, the one, and he fucking loves it. So I've I got love a, my, um, a 10 mil single prong and it is beautiful. I love my Wallander about the quick release. Well, Pete used to have that one and now you've I've, upgraded to the A7, haven't you? No, I've got both. So I deadlift in the 10 mil A7 single prong and I squat in the Wallander 13 mil. Is, is that uh, 13? Yeah, I was going to say. So what, what would you guys prefer out of 10 or 13? I think it's going to be 10 for Chris and 13 for Lewis and Peach. Thicker the better, mate. Yeah, I like the 13 mil, but I didn't get on with the SBD one that well because it was just fucking thick. Like, even my one after like two years. Yeah, I think think the SBD can be a bit rough, can't it? When um, when people first get it. I know that some people like bevel the edges as well on the edge of the belt. You right there, Lewis? (laughs) <laughs> if you don't know the context of this conversation it's so fucking bizarre <laughs> a good thing people will hopefully be listening yeah good listening they'll definitely have hung around after the marmalade joke so <laughs> well you never know mate we're in lockdown people people are doing crazy stuff these days like mate, people are listening to they two, or they're listening to two three hour podcasts like they just are because they've got nothing better to do so I would upload this onto the YouTubes too, but like honestly, it would take about six years on my internet, so I'm not gonna do that. Why don't we do a part one and part two? Yeah, we could do part one up till marmalade, and then <laughs> and then we can do part two. <laughs> you don't even need to do that, bro. Like we've we've been recording for an hour and ten. You could just end this call here, and then just fire up another call, and we could just jump into part two. And then it's pre-edited for you. Yeah, but I can just cut it. I've got to cut it anyway into the audio, so it doesn't matter. All right, all right. Because um, all, as long, all as the, as long as the pre-audio or the pre-call shenanigans. Oh, yeah, that's true. What other kit is there for us to review? So we've done these Singlet, three. Titan. Oh, all right, yeah, Singlet. Like what are you saying, Lewis? Singlet. I'm 100% on the Titan Singlet. However, for benching... I don't get on with it, and I have to change it to my SPD. What is that? Because it's not—it's not as flexible. Yeah, I find I can't hold position as well. Whereas my SPD is really thin and flexible, so it feels like I'm wearing nothing. Oh, nice! I'm not just. <laughs> oh, I mean, Papi. 
Do you want to hear a funny story, actually? I don't think I told you this. You know when I competed in November? That yeah. was my first comp in about, what, 16 months. I went on to do my first bench, and I didn't even have my singlet on. <laughs> what, so you just lie down in, like, a T-shirt and trackies? You're like, all right, guys? <laughs> I walked on with my singlet what down up? to my, like, knees and my T-shirt on. And was... <laughs> did, did, did the TC not tell you to put it on? Uh, probably no, I just walked on, and they were like, everyone was shouting, but I was so in the zone for my opener, I just couldn't hear. So the centre ref, like, you need to put your singlet on. So I had to walk off, put it on, oh. come back on again. <laughs> Fucking hell, no. Hilarious. Fucking noobs. Classic. Classic noobs. That's right, mate. Don't worry. Happens uh, to the best. What about you, Paige? What singlet? Uh, yeah, I'm a Titan boy. Um, yeah. Although I've seen some people wear extremely tight Titan Triumph singlets, which A, makes me feel really uncomfortable, and B... Like, just just buy the right size. Like, stop trying to make it into like equip lifting. The mini squat like, suit. Like, I remember Honestly. seeing a 83 kilo lifter who was a friend of ours at uh, British Junior Nationals, and it was literally like he had like three people to get him into his goddamn singlet. Oh, is that even, is that even legal? Is that our friend? Um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's our friend. Yeah. Oh, I know who that is. <laughs> Um, I don't know it, who that is. And it's like he, he needs all the help he can get with this squat. That's probably why I, I respect him for that. I reckon I reckon his squat Wilkes is better than yours, mate. <laughs> let's not let's not do this. Let's not do this, okay? You can't go throwing shade like that, man. You get called out. If that if, if that guy knows exactly who he is right now, and he will have no issue with me saying that. Oh, I, I don't know. Known for controversy. Um, but yeah, I, I feel yeah, like that is that is one thing that I find a little bit odd. Um, I don't know why people seem to want to buy really small singlets. Right, about... Yeah, I mean, a singlet's going to be quite tight, but there's a difference between, like, being able to get a singlet on yourself and, like, needing people to put you in a singlet. You know what I mean? I think Pape wears a large. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm positive he wears a large. I mean, he, he's bigger than me, and I wear a 2XL. Yeah, I wear a 2XL. And it's still pretty kind of snug. like Around old uh, gunads. Yeah, a little bit. Well, like, Pape used to be 93, didn't he? Oh, but then he's long as well. I, I wear an XL one. Used to be an 83. He, oh, is it, he's, oh, I thought he was... What? I thought he was 93, joined 105s. Or is that, uh, that, he started that? 83. He's 83, now he's a 120. <laughs> 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 he's going to hate you if he is, though. Ben, Pape, if you're listening... I hate you, and I hate you and your sliders. Stop <laughs> sending me messages. What about his, uh, <laughs> his bright pink singlet? That, I mean, you, that is you do you really. is, I don't, I don't care. Is, I don't care. Anyway, so that's pretty he justify whatever he wants. Very true. What about headbutt in the bar? I used to do that when I squatted fucking 210. <laughs> Nice, <laughs> fucking lame, isn't it? <laughs> well, I feel, I feel like there's a lot of like extreme celebrations these days for. Actually, I'm not gonna say because like I mean, the more the quote unquote advanced you've got, or the more experience you've got from training, the calmer you are at lifting. Yeah, I think I think that's actually a training yeah. age thing more than yeah. it is a advancement because I think that you can you can be like 
without being horrible to anyone, I think you can be like a lifetime intermediate and actually have a very, very good training mindset. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's a combination of like nervousness and neuroticism that kind of leads to these really, really elaborate, like, you know, like shaking the bar and going nuts. I mean, some, people, some, some people are going to hold on to it, right? Like, do they get do us? I don't think I've ever done. I just, I just, I just can't. It's just not me. But I guess, yeah, personality types, um, that kind of thing for for how extroverted they are in their in their celebrations. That's fine. Go on, Peach. Give us another topic. Uh, mindset around training. Very, very open ended. Just get on with it. Well, I think it just depends on where you are. Yeah. At the, well, at the core of it, yeah, it just comes out to get on with your training and what you're prescribed. But at the same time, the large amount of us that are beginners or just, I don't know, like floating through training, I guess, like you need to have that level of fun level of entertainment because it is something that people pay you for i mean pay pay coaches for um so you've got to take into account some sort of degree of entertainment value and kind of like it's like a morale booster as well isn't it when you enjoy training sessions and that kind of thing like some people yeah if they're training purely for just to get better then you could argue that you could give them like a quite you could just give them a specific drill, specific movements that will definitely get you better at, or I say definitely, that will get you better at what you want to do and what your long-term goal is. But at the same time, like for, for the majority of our majority of clients, I would say you need to factor in some sort of entertainment. Mm, is that the right word? I think this is a very long, quick-fire question. <laughs> no, I'm not doing quiz choir anymore. Uh, have we all got somewhere to be? Like, has somebody, has somebody got to go to the gym after this or something? <laughs> Is that why we're in a rush yes. to get this done? Yeah. Um, I've all got right, Chris. <laughs> you know, you've got, I know you've got one in your little stupid garage. Right. Don't even don't don't talk to me right now. I don't I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. I can't even go train outside because it's cold as hell. It was cold yesterday. I didn't train. Cold today. It's not gonna train. So, impression boys, what um what adjustments do you think like mentally? I'll, I'll wait for Lewis to get back, actually. Lewis, can you hear us? Yeah, so I was putting my slippers on. Nice. Um, what uh, advice are you giving your clients in terms of uh, mental adjustments to this training period and then when they return to training? Like, what can people kind of expect from this whole thing and how do you feel like it's going to... I suppose, what, what expectation management things are you putting into place to allow your clients to kind of deal with this in the best way possible? what right now or when it's all done well like throughout this period of however long it goes on for like what what I are you sort of saying to them what can their expectations be etc you need to be honest with what yeah, their just... expectations are like they're gonna have you're gonna have to be very low with the expectations because you can't expect to be progressing a lot right now i think that's given for most people yeah, um, i feel like most people will be smart enough to understand that and just i think it's yeah. just a level of assurance and kind of being like you're gonna have that sort of muscle memory you're gonna have that sort of base that you can quite easily get back to even if you do do spend or whatever it just depends on how long things go on for but um 
<laughs> it depends on how long things go on for. But but at the same time, it's like yeah, it's just it's just re- reassurance, I would say, um, and kind of helping them with their motivation. But so, uh, what, I think it's like yeah. What, um, what are you me? reassuring? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, so I, don't, like, I don't mean to be a dick. I just don't understand what there is to reassure at this point. Because <laughs> a lot of people are obviously worried about strength loss and strength, like muscle mass loss and that kind of thing. And it's just like reassuring them in, in terms of the fact that everyone's yeah, yeah, might you might. Thing. Yeah, everyone's on the, yeah, that's true. But like at the same time, that's what you've got to reassure them of. Because um, uh, a lot of my lifters are quite nervous lifters and um it's just kind of talking to them every day and just being like you know it's fine everyone's in the same boat everyone's going to be feeling the same thing it's fine um and that's what i'm saying reassurance i think for me like the the main thing that i've been trying to do is just like find something that um fits both of us so like i've got stuff that i want my guys to do like a lot of movement prep stuff movement prep is notoriously not that fun um so then giving them something else though they're not just going to be like oh i really don't want to do movement prep be super unmotivated and then end up not doing that but so i give them something that they might want to do alongside of it so at least they're like going to do the session that may not enjoy the movement prep side of it but they're going to enjoy the other side that they are going to look forward to doing that's what I've been trying to do. It's very hard with limited kit, though. It is very hard. But I've uh, I've Did done the Sally up, up challenge. I'm not doing it's... that because I just busted open my shoulder the other day when I did that. What spider press 100 kilo? No, Chris, have you have you, have you heard the story of D Wes trying to big dick me in the gym and then he missed? <laughs> <laughs> he missed a uh, hundred kilo double on photo press. No, I didn't miss it. I did it. <laughs> I I had to save you on the second rep. Nah, I, I completely you got, you got to like, Nah, nah, you didn't. You got to like here, and we're like, <laughs> and you did that thing where you went, eh, and I saved you. Let's not talk about that. He was mugging me off about warm up because I was taking my time to get warm, and then I did a set of fifteen at a hundred on photo press. <laughs> And he uh, missed a double. <laughs> that's, that's such a lie. Like that. That's not how I remember it. Anyway. That's exactly what happened. Boys, news just in. <laughs> um, news just in. IPF World has been postponed to October. Oh, okay. All right. I, I feel like it's. It's. I don't know. I feel like that's still too. It's too soon. Was that? Is that it's Belarus? Too soon, man. Uh, yeah. It, um. Gaston has just put up a video of his lovely face. Oh, I love that guy. Hello, friend. <laughs> Shall I tell you a story about Gaston? Uh, I I want to say yes, but I also don't want this to go on the air because he could basically have my balls, I think. If it's I... an experience with him at um, 2016 University Worlds. Oh, is it Uni Worlds? Okay, yeah, go on, please. Tell, tell so the story. We were, <laughs> we were um, celebrating the last night. You know Mark, big big fat Mark. He just finished lifting. Um, so is that, your, to... is that your big brother, big brother Mark? Yeah, my little yeah. brother. So yeah. we went back to the hotel. <laughs> Everyone was in their room drinking. Um, Gino was with us. Gino was uh, downing vodka out of the, the bottle, 
And then he went to go get some more vodka from his room and I went with him. And we walked past the corridor and Gaston's there. And he's like, Gino, what are you doing? Drinking with <laughs> kids. <laughs> and Gino was like, I'm not drinking, I'm not drinking. And I was like, no, Gaston, I was hammered. No, Gaston, he's looking for his wallet. I promise you, he's just looking for his wallet. He's lost his wallet in my room. And he was like, oh, okay, I'll leave you to it. And we go to the room. We get back to the room, we hear this on the door. Everyone shits themselves, and it's Gaston at the door. So everyone goes running out of the room past Gaston, and he's running down the corridor, shouting at everyone to get back to their rooms. Next thing you know, he's outside in the pool where Mark and four other 120 plus guys are jumping bollocks to <laughs> get in the pool. <laughs> Gaston's there, like the head teacher of the school, trying to drag him out of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell, good times. Me and him ate um, some sauerkraut and a big sausage in, um, where were we? Lithuania together. Sat down next to me in the in the hall. What, are you and Gaston? Yeah, I was like, right, P-Rage, what's happening? And he was like, yeah, I'm good, man. <laughs> That's what he said. He was like, yeah, what's Gucci? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Gucci. He responds to P-Rage. Yeah, P-Rage is his name. P-Rage. <laughs> I thought you were referring to yourself, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so <did I. laughs> Parage, P-Rage, come on, boys, get with it. Oh, mate. Jesus. Didn't know you knew him like that. <laughs> so, so, boys, I've got a question for you. Your, your, your daily challenge is, yes. what is your max max length hold Copenhagen plank? What, what have I done? That's just a challenge for today, mate. I've done one before. I don't think I've done one. How many was yours? 74 seconds. 74? Yeah. Left leg. My uh, left leg. What about your right leg? Oh, I did it straight after, and it was like thirty. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is, I like, don't, when I you, don't know what I'm getting you, you, you see, yeah. <laughs> you see how he started that one. Like, yeah, time. but it was straight after. Oh, I, I can't say I've ever done the max holds Copenhagen so. All right, we'll I'm max out at like 20 seconds. We'll do an Instagram challenge today, right? Before everyone right. trains. Can you have more than one person in Instagram? Before live? everyone trains. I'm not training tonight. Yeah, you can have more than one person on Instagram like this. So we can should you? All... That's why I was... Yeah, you can. You, oh, right. you can have like... You can have like four, I think. Yeah, right. Maybe well, you should, just, you should just get everyone involved and we'll all just do a max Copenhagen plank. Yeah, I'll it'll do be, that. It'll be the least interesting Instagram live ever. <laughs> No, go on, let's do it. Yeah, but everyone can talk. <laughs> I'll do it in my gym jams and my slippers. I'm not even training today. Or you just got to do it in the I'm most not train. possible. What do you mean I'm not training I'm not gonna today? Train. No, I said I'm not training today. I'm not going to train again until the sun comes out. What, what do you mean? You're not motivated to go into your garden on your rickety bench and your your dumbbell that you don't know how much it weighs <laughs> and your body weight calf raises. How can you not be motivated? Actually, whilst it's raining as well. Actually, actually <laughs> it's right. one of them... One of them is 12 and a half kilos. I know that much. But the okay. bolts are rusted on, so I can't take them on and off. <laughs> and the the other one, the other one, I can go up to 30 kilos, but it only goes up in 10 kilo increments. <laughs> so I can do 10 kilos, 20 kilos, and 30 kilos. That's not bad, bro. <laughs> you just do uh, max, right. max reps, banded, dumbbell floor press. That'll get you jacked up. Like, you hold a band like that. And then you just do the dumbbell press with one arm, and then you go to the other side. <laughs> Honestly, that might fix your shitty well, bench. Doing... If you add in a tempo <laughs> and press to that as well. 
Yeah, there you I go. Said, well, I, mean, I might. It might as well be a Larson press because I'm, I was on that bench the other day, and honestly, I think I, I, that was going to fall through. So next time, I'm definitely going to do it on the floor. Because you weigh 110. So is that a Larson press? Yeah. You just need to get one of your wheelie bins, bro, and just lie on its side, and you've got a bench. Fuck, I saw that. <laughs> no, because that's definitely that's definitely going to break. Because when we did that, that ten degree break. ten degree incline Larson presses for max reps is key. Oof. <laughs> Oof. You were spouting up keys here, boy. Wheelie bin, biggest, max rep, biggest press. That's what that's what, Alar- that that's what a Larson press on your wheelie bin is. It's a bin press. To be fair, most of those yeah. most of those green bins are out of action anyway, so you know I could do it on one of those green benches. Uh, green exactly, bro. Yeah, green bin bench is key. You can do rows on it. You can do step ups on it. Yeah, I, I can do rows on my yeah, curls off rickety of it. Rickety bench that I don't have a bar for. <laughs> my press so there's also that or you could do like a a decline a single arm decline in like a on the floor in a glute bridge all right this is not a the old the old like hemi bridge dumbbell press go on i was gonna do some sort of upper today but it's cold outside i don't want to do that handstand press ups in your bedroom bro max reps yeah yeah I think my shoulder would actually give up and pop out and crumble. Do the Sally Up challenge. Minutes. You know, have you ever played around with uh, cast wall walks? They're kind of fun. The fuck is that? It's basically where imagine starting in a press up position with your feet against the floor, and you basically uh, what is that? Really? I can't read. So this is uh, so you start in a press up position with your heels against the wall, and then you basically walk your feet up the wall and you walk on your arms, and then you uh, walk back down. So then you chest to the wall. They are oh. absolutely savage. I'd get my wall dirty. You would, but you'd also you'd also get a sick delt and mid back pump. Oh, fuck, so that's what matters, bro. You can clean your wall. You can't get those sort of gains outside. <sighs> that is knowledge. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, out there. Right, I've got a question for you. All right, come on. All right, if you're playing Mario Kart, what's your character? Yoshi, every time. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Chris, don't ask me these questions. I never used to have a little Nintendo when I was a child. I was deprived. Oh my god, what's wrong with you? I know. What are the characters? Diaz. Who are you gonna be? I don't know. Um, the one with the hat that's not actually a hat Toad, Toad. yeah that's like that's you so actually like Toad <laughs> wait there look at me he's going to turn you into Toad give me two minutes oh, it's Jesus. the mushroom character <laughs> yeah he's the one with the mushroom head yeah yeah the mushroom the tip mush- Chris you'd be you'd be you'd be Princess Peach I reckon he strikes me as a Waluigi kind of guy. Fuck, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I hate Waluigi. Lewis, <laughs> <laughs> you hate a lot of people, though. <sighs> you know what, Lewis? They could be Waluigi and Wario, couldn't they? That should be the podcast cover. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, lockdown day 11. Uh, or whatever it is. Is it even yeah. 11 days yet? No, it's not. It's like How day 6. It no, it's not day 6, bro. Oh, day please seven. don't yes. say that. Don't say that. Day, don't seven. Say that. day 7. It's day 7. No, it's not. We locked yeah, it down is. on Tuesday, didn't we? No, it was Monday. <sighs> yeah, it was Monday we locked down. Oh, I've been self-isolating since last Saturday. Yeah, I've been self-isolating since Tuesday, last Tuesday. So I, this is day 12 for me. No, 13. To think I've got another two weeks. Oh, my. <coughs> two weeks? Yeah, but at least you, you can go out, though. You can go. That, that cough is looking suspicious there. Yeah. I've had it since <laughs> the first day, mate. Oh, oh, that is very suspicious. Yeah. Stay away from me. I haven't been very well. Have you got coronavirus? Coronavirus? Coronavirus! <laughs> coronavirus! <laughs> This, this, have you guys seen how many songs there are about coronavirus? That's crazy. <laughs> I think we should make one. It's actually crazy, honestly. Isn't there a Cardi hilarious. B one or something? Is there? Oh, I did not know about a Cardi B one. There is a clip Shock. of Cardi B just shouting coronavirus. Uh, that Maybe might be it then. That's what you're referring to. Coronavirus! By Gucci, actually. Hmm. we got any oh. more questions? Stage. Um... Uh, I probably do. Hold on, let me have a look. Uh, I'm having a look as well. Let's see if there's any good ones. Wow! Is it? Is, have we? Have you done a your first powerlifting meet podcast? We have, haven't we? Have we? Didn't me, you, and BLG do one? Oh, we 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 covered it. Yeah, we. Oh, what as in like what to expect on your first powerlifting? Yeah, we covered we covered uh, on that. I mean, which one it was? It was the Nationals podcast, I think, that we covered it at the end of. Uh, the what's everyone's top three snacks? Beef jerky. Cashew Bur- what? Beef jerky. Beef jerky. Uh, Cashew nuts. Cashew nuts. And. Cashew cuts. What else do I eat at work? Serene. No, I have flapjacks. Flapjacks, nice. Yeah, boy. Flapjacks are dense. I don't know. I love I love all food, so obviously. Mm-hmm. I don't snack that much. I cannot say no to a donut though. Alright. What about um what what foods would you boys recommend uh clients or people competing for the first time eat on comp day? <laughs> Their um, normal diet. Nothing but Harry Bow. <laughs> Everything you can get from a pick and mix, just is that whole day. I think that's the biggest mistake people make, though, isn't it? They just eat sweets all day. Yeah, fucking idiots. That's what they do. Well, no, usually I... most people have been dieting for ages and they're like, yeah, I'm going to eat everything I can. I'm great. You do that, mate. You get a fucking upset stomach and shit yourself on the platform. Okay. Is that speaking from experience? Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but who hasn't really shot the platform? Let's be honest. I have never pooed myself on the platform. Nor have I. Not on the oh. platform. Well, <laughs> it's more common than you think. I would say. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna. That's all I'm gonna say. All right. I mean. I think, yeah, I think for me, like a slower digesting carbohydrate kind of makes sense along with some whey protein and then just make sure you're well hydrated. 
I think hydration is another one that people, a lot of people just forget. Or but they also, they also fuck it up attention. big time. Like, they get off the platform and they drink like, they drink like 300 grams of carbs and like a bunch of like electrolyte powders and then they wonder why they feel super sick. What, is that after weighing in or after their lift? Yeah, like after after they weigh in. like If you've you done a really heavy weight cut, I can understand. Well, yeah, but you can only turn over so much in like an hour. So taking on much more than it doesn't really make a lot of sense. I think it's like 60 grams an hour if you have it with caffeine. One of my lifters, she did, you probably know what I'm on about, they did quite a big weight cut. And then she, what did we get her to do? She had two scoops of Gatorade powder with two sachets of electrolytes and she's felt amazing. No bloat, nothing like that. So it, it sort of depends. You have to regulate depending on the circumstances leading into that weigh-in. It just depends on the person, really, sometimes. It all depends. It does it? does <laughs> actually all depends. all depends. Crazy. Crazy. I have a Dioralite. Dioralite's a lifesaver. I don't know. I've never walked out or anything, so I'm just... <laughs> I'm, I'm just Gucci. I'm just chilling into the meat. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it is quite. It is quite a different experience when you don't have to cut to get into a meat. Like you can like, generally... Feels good. For does feel good. Eighty percent of probably uh, listeners that are listening, you probably don't need to cut into a weight class. I would probably. I would probably say ninety-five percent. I would probably say ninety-nine percent of what people don't need to cut into their meat. No, I'm listening to this podcast. Uh, I feel like if you're gonna, in whole, if you're gonna place top three exactly. at nationals and have a chance of traveling internationally, then you can probably walk up. Um, the rest of the time, yeah, you're probably just better off worrying about having the best performance you can. And you know what? It's okay to be in between two weight classes. That's fine. Yeah, it's not that. It's not that deep. Just be as strong as you fucking can. No one really cares. That's like fantastic advice. Thanks. That's that's what we're here for. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Marmalade jokes and advice. That, that could be that could be the name of your podcast. Or that could that could be like a spin-off. Like maybe like you and Lily do a spin-off podcast. And it's called that. <laughs> what about marmalade jokes? Hi, hi, I'm Lewis. This author, sound author, like author of Key Time. This Here's my co-host. Um a podcast. It sounds like something else. <laughs> that's, not, that's not for us to discuss on the podcast, mate. That's that's your business, not ours. Come on, yeah. mate. Yeah. Come on, man. Have some. Come on, man. What are you insinuating? <laughs> what What are you insinuating? Nothing. You're being rude. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to give this keys. Right then, boys. I so, ISOs. Are you programming lots of ISOs for people at home? And what are your results looking like so far? I don't know. It's week one so far, so who knows? Last <laughs> <laughs> week. Um, uh, who wants to go first? I feel like I am. My, my clients hate them. Your clients hate them? Okay. Yeah. I feel like uh, who, who likes ISO holes? No one Wait, do they not make you feel like fantastic? Yeah, yeah I, I finished and I'm like, yes. Mate, don't, don't you remember <laughs> the done. other day we did like we did a two minute ISO hold with like forty kilos on the SSB. Oh mate, that SSB? was no, it was trap bar. That was absolutely awful. 
I like let go of the bar and I genuinely felt like I could fly. It was so weird. (laughs) It definitely did not feel like that, but it did do all right after. Whilst you're doing it, it just feels horrendous. You know when people get that like shaky instability in their hamstrings, like on a conventional deadlift, like near the knee, where they like get a little bit trembly. That was DWAS for two minutes. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, he was like doing like a real fast twerk. It was sick. I was working like this. I, I was, I was, I was... Oh! <laughs> All right, this needs to get uploaded to YouTube now, mate. That's, that's, for, that's, that's the for cover. The that's the cover. Fans. That's my only fans content. <laughs> Everyone was laughing at those girls now. No, uh, well, before and now they're not laughing. Eh? They're they're millionaires. I read a I read a thing that um, this girl made like a million in four months or something and i was like damn i, I wish feel I like sexy. i feel like OnlyFans is just a bit weird it's like why would you pay for something like that when you can absolutely get it for free on the internet i don't know you know weird people out there like i feel like that's a conversation for a, for a whole maybe that's an off-air conversation we should have <laughs> i don't know do you have only fans is that what you're asking yes well, yeah, my you fans say is... the same about <laughs> could say the same about powerlifting programming you can get online programs why would you come to coaches like us and i feel like that's different because it's it's because it's more bespoke yeah. yeah exactly maybe maybe the only fans are giving bespoke treatment <laughs> <laughs> why are we talking about this <laughs> This is not wholesome anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Anyway, okay. (laughs) What were we talking about again? ISO. Let's get back to that. (laughs) How have we gone from OnlyFans to... I mean, ISO's OnlyFans. (laughs) Could that be the title of this episode, please? (laughs) (laughs) What ISO holds so only... <laughs> COVID-19 what you do your what's, what is... Do you like, can you cover every topic we've talked about? <laughs> no. Absolutely. I'll be like, the further along you get me to this podcast, the, the worse the color of the view is. It does get, it does get weird at the end here. <laughs> so, uh, so Chris, you said you said your clients hate the ISOs that you've been programming for them. How are you? How are you trying to navigate that? Like, I think the biggest thing that I'm going to struggle with in terms of this is like making training fun for people and engaging. I'm really curious as to how you guys are trying to navigate that with little to no equipment and you know the idea of not being able to get under a barbell for a little while. Yeah. Uh, luckily, the guys I have have. Um, like some sort of dumbbell or something that they can like use. Um, so all I've been doing basically is like programming the stuff that I want them to be doing and then sticking like, right, you do a bicep movement of choice. You do a tricep movement of choice. And then they get like a little bit of, um, well, like self-programming, whatever you want to call it. And yeah. they get to choose. Yeah. They get a bit of freedom and then they get to choose like a fun movement for their biceps to get a bit of a pump or whatever it might be. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been doing the same, mate, as well, to a degree. Like I'll say, here's the minimum. What I want you to do. I want you to do this exercise, and then 
below that, it might be like a specific movement or it'll be, here's a muscle group, just do what you want or what you can given your equipment. Yeah. And I feel that that engages people and keeps them more switched on. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's got to, it's, 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 it's got to be something that you just have to modify and adapt week to week. It's just the way things are right now because obviously like some people might acquire more weights at the end of the week or something like that or some people might be like i definitely don't get on with that um and then you just got to be understanding of, of the situation we're all in and if, kind you're, of, if you're limited by weight like banded stuff is going to be great right now i'm just adding band. Yeah. yeah i've been using so, um functional range as well to add a little bit of intensity so like um Pails and rails, stuff like that, functional range holds, um, as well as like ISO holds. But yeah. Is, is that a caffeine-free diet coke? Or... Yeah, this... why, why, why caffeine-free? Because it was on offer, right? <laughs> I was thinking you got it by choice and I was going to work to you, but that's fine. I'm worried about my heart. Fair enough. That's why you have 200 <laughs> milligrams. Um, caffeine every that's time why, you change. That's why I had a strong coffee that I have this after. <laughs> the old Diet Coke chaser, eh? <laughs> Next I have question. a question. I forgot. I've forgotten about my question. Uh, I've got a question for you. Have you considered starting your own ASMR channel in these weird times? No. Have you? What is ASMR? Wait, you don't know what ASMR is? You know when they talk all like weird and like up close to the camera and then you can hear like everything and it's meant to be relaxing? No. Like that. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> Except it's like like weird like audio, so it's like you can hear it on your left and then it like moves over to your right and stuff. I might do that. You should do it, mate. Off the back of key time. Yeah, oh, fucking hell. <laughs> At the end of it. <laughs> down, mate. Write <laughs> all the keys down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, I've absolutely not thought about that. But I feel like that's something you've thought about, um, Peach. Is that, is that what you want to do? You've got your mic over there. You can you can do that. What, ASMR? Yeah, I guess I could do it. I just got like, grab a crisp packet or something. Like... That just, that just made me feel really uncomfortable, actually. <laughs> if do you, anyone get tingles? Anybody get tingles off that? Can you, can you do one for, like, farting? <laughs> uh, I feel like everyone's getting a bit crazy now, aren't they? Or that wind. That flatulence gang. What the hell was that noise? <laughs> Sounded like a little dolphin. Yeah, any of you thought about starting a Twitch? Uh, my internet's not good enough for that. When I play when I play COD, I have to turn off my phone internet and my laptop. Oh, Otherwise, what broadband or something? Well, it's You've because got dial up uh, connection. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> it's because I live oh. in I live in the estate, obviously the army camp estate, and they they won't put they won't they won't put the uh, fiber optic lines in because it costs a lot of money or something like that. I can't remember. Um, how are you going to get that premium just, content? How am I going to get what? That premium content. That's why it takes me like an hour to upload things, even though it's like 
Or you're going to say something else then. <laughs> and it's super frustrating. That's what, and that's what I'm going to struggle with most, actually, uploading things onto, onto the old YouTube. Oh. Like, program updates on YouTube. But that's a problem for another matter. That's a problem for another matter. That's a problem for another day. Um, anyway, how, how do you think... How, how are you, do you know what? Let's ask a personal question now. Let's make it a little bit wholesome. How are you guys coping with the lockdown? Are you Fine. guys going crazy or are you just just chilling? I'm just chilling. I feel like you've got a good setup though, and you, Lewis, so it's not too bad. Why? Get the job done. You've got, I mean, you've got access to a bar, you've got access to wraps, you can squat bench, deadlift. Well, we're moving in three weeks, so. Once we move, um, it'll be strictly squat bench RDLs. That'll be it. Which is still oh, a lot yeah. better for most people anyway. Yeah, that's true. I'm hoping to get my bar in the next few days. I mean, what? No. I mean, we're in lockdown. I'm, gonna, I'm not leaving my house. Where'd you get your bar? My bar's at the gym at the moment. Oh, right. What? We spoke about that. <laughs> He's still going. What's he saying now? What, what did Lily say? She was saying about worlds. Oh, tell her I didn't enjoy her stupid. Is that a, is that a gif? Why is his lip just twitching? <laughs> speaking, mate. I can't hear anything. Gaston has entered Stop. the chat, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I love to inform you that world is now postponed until. <laughs> Do you want me? To, I'll play it if you want. I'll play it. Here you go. Good evening, dear officials, dear friends. We postponed the World Classic Powerlifting Championship for Minsk to the 24th of September to the 4th of October. This is necessary because still we do not know what's going on with the isolations and with flights. And at the moment, the people cannot train so that we give the people all a possibility to be adequate prepared for these World Championships. I uh, thanks the organizer for means that they agreed to postpone it and uh, we will keep you informed. We will publish a message uh, everywhere uh, on our webpage uh, and on over all our social media so that you can uh, know exactly what's going on. And of course, we will prepare the new invitation and the calendar. Thank you all. Stay safe at home. Bye bye. What's the calendar? Bye bye. Calendar. Oh, Has he, have they only postponed it for like 10 days? They've postponed it for like 20 days, I think, by the sound of it. Well, 24th no. to the 4th. No so, no, so it was originally going to be the 10th of June, and they moved it back to the 24th of September, start date. So they moved I it feel back. like October's still, it's not going to be enough. Like, there's no... no. Just... <laughs> they moved it back, what, 12, 10, 12 weeks, something like that? They'd have to just cancel it's... or just get rid of it this whole, for the year. I no, think what, they, what they'll do is, the they think they'll cancel Euros, won't they? And um, Worlds will just take place of Euros. That's, yeah, they're going to have to do that. Because they're not going to... What do you think... What do you think is going to happen with Sheffield? So, you know, they, like, they do... They've postponed it... Although they cancelled it for this year. And they're doing it next year, 2021. Are they going to do the invitees that were from this year? So, 2019's World Champions. Or will they do 2020's World Champions? I would assume that they would just keep the same list. 
unless someone drops out or whatever. Yeah, no, it won't be the same list. You want to know why? Why? Jess, they can't not invite Jessica Butner now, can they? No. I suppose not. So... She is hella strong, hella thick. She has so, like uh, she has like twelve. She has like a twelve pack. Like honestly, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I actually interviewed her on the new podcast, the the buy one at eight podcast. Everyone, just to let you know. Um, and how many yeah, how many names do you want to drop? Well, you brought it up. I didn't bring up Jess Butner, but they can't not. Um, you brought her up. You brought her up. <laughs> they can't. They can't not invite her. I mean, she broke the world record by 20 kilos, 19 kilos, so. They might just extend it to the fair. I don't know, who knows. <laughs> but, um, <sighs> the, uh. Yeah, when I was, yeah, when I was speaking to Mike T the other day, yeah, he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? I mean, oh sorry, all, did I mention, uh. Oh, it's sorry, all out yeah, there, uh, guys. I, I spoke right. to Bryce Lewis as well, and then, uh, he was, he was saying. He was saying I, something about that. Yeah, yeah. Should I not? Should oh, I not share oh, the you content? Know, you know, you know, All right, I, I, I won't share the content. That's fine. <laughs> I'll keep it to myself, you dickheads. <laughs> That'd be really helpful, wouldn't it? Don't get too sorry, man. Uh, listen. Me again. I was expecting you to share some content <laughs> earlier when you were like, "Oh, and Mike C explained about the um, the level of stress," and then that was, I was it. like. <laughs> Yeah, was, I was like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, just go listen to it on my podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna have to go listen to it. Uh, it's fine. Anyway, moving away from this, right? I, I just remembered something that I saw the other day. I mean, it was off today. Who knows? All the days are merged into one these days, anyway. What day is it um, today? Wednesday, right? I actually, honestly, I don't know. I feel like I, you, I've been stuck on a Wednesday for the last two weeks. I don't know, and I don't care. Um, <laughs> Anyway, someone was like, if you want to run or something, it was like, you're better off doing sprints or something like that. I can't remember if you want to do powerlifting or like power training or something. What are your views on that? Because I think like, if someone wants to go on a run for their daily exercise, just let them run. Like, don't force them into trying to go into doing sprints or whatever like else. The source of which this information has come from. Sorry? I think it's a lot of bollocks. I feel like it was a lot of bro science, most of it. I do think a lot of physios will do well out of this, though, because when everyone, like, goes on their runs and stuff, sadly, we are a, quite a computer state. Um, so a lot of people have shocking running gates, and the physios, I reckon, are going to do very well with, like, ankle, knee, and hip injuries and back injuries. Oh, you know, like because everyone wears crappy shoes that don't do anything. I mean, I don't think it's actually about shoes. I think it's just that like everyone's so sedentary that they will just sit at their desk like this. I mean, for the people listening, they're not going to know what I just did, but it's also a lot of stress <laughs> from going around doing nothing to then running. Yeah, yeah. And, and especially if you were doing terrible. yeah, if you were doing nothing and then going into sprinting, say that's even worse. But what bigger, mate? Um, well, I mean, I guess it depends on depends on what kind of volume you're doing. But yeah, let's be honest, you're not going to just going to do a couple of sprints and then come back home. Mate. Yeah, I also just feel like people's bodies just aren't conditioned already for like what they're going to be putting it through. Like if you think about it, like number of reps, it's just so high. Yeah, especially all these hit workouts that you're seeing on Instagram and stuff. I'm like, yeah. 
The burpee pandemic. Mate, I mean, there's like, there's so many high impact bodyweight exercises that, like, especially talking about, you know, the people that, like, will often coach. Like, I would imagine, typically speaking, powerlifters are going to be heavier people. So, like, to go from being relatively static in the gym to, like, suddenly trying to jump as high as you can and landing on your on your feet and ankles like 200 times a week is probably just not a good idea you know what i mean like well the faster you move the faster you move weight bro that's what the logic is is that right <laughs> that's what this this person slash source has said well i mean that's probably oh, true but more more from the regard of like if you have more fast twitch fibers and therefore can move faster you're probably going to be stronger because you're just a better athlete we just all agree it's a load of bollocks yeah, it was like John Hack the other day was like, oh, I'm starting power cleans in my program because I w- powerlifting has got power in the name of it, so I want to become more powerful. And it's like... It's fair to John Hack, he is fucking strong. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could, he could look at a barbell and probably progress but like in, in the bench press and everything within a couple of weeks. I, I, I don't think he's going to like wear 240 anyway, plus so. at what? 90 kilo? 89 kilo every weight? I don't know. He yeah. doesn't weigh a lot. But it's a lot of weight. That's all I know. Bar bends a lot. So if that man wants uh, to do some sprints to get stronger, let let him sprint. <laughs> there's always, there's always going to be some exceptions. You know? Yeah, I feel like I feel like talking about John Hack and maybe the way that he trains or things that he does as a modality to justify your coaching decisions is not is not a good thing to do because <laughs> he's John Hack. Absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, and I know, I know I read something that uh, this is going to go off something else, but I know I read something about some people wanting to add in some sort of progressive factors into their training for uh, for people actually for people's programs, um, some sort of progressive. Um, I don't know what the word is now. Basically, someone was saying that if you're going to do some exercises at home, make sure it's progressive. What's, what's your guys' thought patterns on this? Because I was quite clear with what I said on my story. But if you guys missed it the other day, I was saying this is a period of obviously very difficult scenarios and difficult situations. But I feel like the the, the, the point right now is to just enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, um, keep because a little, yeah, keep moving and doing what you can. Um, and don't feel bad as well, actually, because I know one of my guys was saying that they feel pressured into buying kit and that kind of thing. And it's like, if you don't want to buy a kit, you don't want to buy a kit. That's fine. Um, there are ways you can get by. So if you're one of those people right now out there listening, just relax. That's fine. Just chill. Just enjoy your training. And then once all this blows over, you'll be back to it before you know it. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think now the time to really put that stress on yourself to monitor progress. Because you don't know how long this is going on, going to go on for. Like, what what's the point? Like, there's a lot of other important things going on at the moment. You don't need, just like you said, you need to, need to enjoy yourself. I think I think it's probably a case of like priorities, right? Like, priority number one is actually training and enjoying training, mm-hmm. and then right down towards probably the bottom of the list is worrying about like models of progression or ways in which you can do that. Because like, for a lot of people, it's going to be like myself included. It's just going to be hard to even want to train let alone anything else on top of that you know like enjoyment and consistency in your training is always going to come above everything else regardless of 
anything else because if you don't want to train in whether or not you've got access to a gym or not you don't want to train therefore you're not going to train and therefore you're not going to progress so um so limited how you can progress sorry i interrupt you no that's Uh, right to progress given how much kit you're limited to have yeah so how how you progress from there you you can't really to a degree i mean you could probably you could probably get to a point of doing harder and harder like exercises mechanically you know what i mean like you go from a tricep push down to like an overhead extension to something else but like ultimately the things that we've got at our disposal right now are mechanical variations in movements and then tempo and that's basically it because yeah. load and resistance aren't things that we really have ability to vary unless you get really creative with bands which i have seen some people do um and it's probably yeah. not, a, not a bad thing to do but then you've got a really weird strength curve anyway um so i mean i think enjoyment's just like number one here really good glad it's a general consensus i feel like that was probably most people's general consensus anyway but still oh, question. Go on, i think so, i think some coaches are just really worried and they're just desperate to justify themselves you know what i mean okay. and it's just like if you do a good job, you manage your relationships well, and you communicate well with your clients, you'll you'll be all right. Yeah, I agree with you there, hundred percent. Just be proactive, innit? Yeah. Just be a good person, bro. Um, anyway, what was your question, Lewis? What do you think is the number one mistake some coaches are making right now in powerlifting? I'm not talking coronavirus powerlifting. I'm talking in powerlifting. Coronavirus. <laughs> I'm not talking um, about the virus. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, we already that. kind of spoke about it, but being being super hyper specific with young lifters, or actually even most lifters, because most lifters these days are very young and have picked it up from say university, and they've had like little to no training. But yeah, I think the biggest one you can see kind of everywhere in the UK is is going to be being hyper specific from a very young age which obviously has I mean we've we've spoken about this a lot but obviously this is brings a um it's, it's more likely for that person to burn out obviously within the within the time that they reach seniors say or even the time they reach mid juniors or something like that but uh there's a lot of hyper specific programs going around just doing squat bench deadlifts which is fine if but then yeah you just got to be wary of the toll that it takes on the body and just the mind of quote unquote being burnt out but yeah that's that's my take on that so just just chill man and just relax like with a lot of my younger guys i just give them a day of accessory work and just being a bro and i feel like that's fine because they're like they're so young so what's the point of rushing them through some sort of hyper specific phase I'm going to come at it from a different angle and I'm going to say that a lot of coaches at the moment, um, they're not like trying to develop as coaches. They sort of like within powerlifting, we're in like the unlucky space that like you don't need to be qualified. You don't need to have anything to like be any certifications to call yourself a powerlifting coach Um, and a lot of people are they do like a couple of competitions or whatever and they say right I'm a coach now they've done one program maybe that they found online and they thought oh that worked and I'm just going to replicate that Um, I think powerlifting coaches 
coaches in general, but um, powerlifting coaches are like the ones that I see making this mistake the most. They don't look to progress as a coach. They don't ask for help from other coaches. They're, I don't know if it's like them being really proud or them not wanting to seem like they don't know what they're doing. It might not be that they don't know what they're doing, but um, they just don't seem to seek out like development. And that's what I think anyway. I think it's kind of hard to develop to a degree as well. Mm. You're you're kind of limited to where you can go with that other than talking to other coaches and learning from other people. Obviously, it's probably the best way to go about it. Because I don't think to a degree that like having a qualification or a degree in X, Y and Z is that applicable to being a better coach. Like just getting a master's in biomechanics or a master's in rehab. Um then that means you're a better coach? No, I think the only thing that I see different with um, coaches from an educational background to coaches not from an educational background is the the ones from an educational background very are a lot more critical of what they're going to program or what people say to them, what other people say is good, what other people say is bad. Um, and they... Yeah, they're just a lot more critical of that training modality or whatever it might be. I feel so, like but that's not that's that's a bit, that's a yeah. There is a lot of exception. That's like a blanket statement of like, I'm saying like majority. I'm not saying that's everyone. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying like a lot of people that I have seen. Yeah, that's fine. Because um, uh, a dude came up to me asked, asked me the other day. He was um, he was saying um, because I've got a master's in strength and conditioning. He was like, oh, that's where you learn how to program for X, 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 and whatever, isn't it? And I was like, well, yeah, but most of the time it's going to be stuff you learn off your own back. Because speaking from experience through Chris, Chris and I did um, the same masters. <laughs> speaking from experience, we didn't actually get to do a lot of hands-on like learning about programming. It was more kind of learning off our own backs. So don't be fooled, guys, and think that just because someone's got a master's in something, that means they know 100% how to coach. <laughs> uh, they know 100% how to coach, and they know 100% how to do everything because coaching is, is, is a very long-term skill, I guess, to master, and not a lot of people master it, and it is, it's a tough road to get to even being a good coach because um, it, it because there's so many aspects to it obviously because it's a lot of people's people skills and a lot of being critical being able to be critical and um, obviously you've got the technical side of it as well I think one of my pet hates as well though is when people use a qualification or degree to um, sort of validate what they're saying like I've got a bachelor's and a master's um, and I don't think I've ever used them to say like this is why I know this or why I do this, do you know what I mean? I don't I, think I've ever said that once. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, I I get it. it used to really annoy me when like um, Lane Norton used to do it all the time with his PhD, like for everything. I feel like yeah, I feel like PhD is slightly different with, with the PhD it. that he did. Well, but it's extremely like, specific, obviously... right? Like, say if we take the case of like Lane Norton, he obviously is a smart guy and knows how to read scientific papers and knows how to do all this stuff. But at the same time, it's like he did his PhD in protein metabolism. So that doesn't mean that he's a doctor of squat technique. 
Yeah. It means he's a doctor of protein metabolism. So yeah, he's shit hot (laughs) when it comes to nutrition. He's a doctor of nutrition to a degree. But it's it's like I kind of see what what you mean. Like I think it's just always a case of like staying in your lane. Um I see what you did there. But that's, that's like, that was like, not that was, that was not deliberate hey. at all. Um, but you know, like, <laughs> I've just got it. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? The joke about your pockets, yeah? That one. You just got that one. <laughs> um, so I think it's I don't know. It's super difficult to say because some people do have a much more in-depth understanding of certain mechanisms and processes or whatever that might go on, which may very well be useful to coaching. But that doesn't inherently make you a better coach. I think that's that's the thing to always recognise, isn't it? Is having a broader understanding of certain mechanisms that go on is great. But you also, unfortunately, to a, to a degree, you just need to work a long time to get good at coaching. Like you just need to do a lot of coaching and take really good notes and assess a lot of data to get better. And I think we'd all like hold our hands up and be like, if we saw programs that we wrote when we very first started coaching, we'd probably think, what the fuck was I doing? Or what the hell? Or like, what on earth? Or, you know, why did I do that? Why did I do the other? But at the time, it's the best decision that you feel like you can make given the information that you have and the knowledge base that you have and the experience that you have. Yeah. But I think I think where people really fall down is where they're not willing to outsource and they're not willing to reach out or credit anyone else on any information and they try and they try to be like the master of all things. And I think that's where people really mess up because there's no way that you can be that. And that's fine as long as you've got a network and like are willing enough to share information around to give your clients the best benefit possible you know like not everyone's going to be the best nutritionist or the best like whatever and that's that's okay as long as you're aware of that and you're willing to outsource or help people and share resources where they aren't i think too many coaches are worried like oh if i share this video from this coaching company that my clients will just leave and join them and it's like well no they won't do that like they're not going to leave a, you for a, a one video unless you're a really terrible coach, you know? So like, I feel like people should be willing to share resources and do those things. Um, I feel like that's how you learn though, isn't it? And I feel like powerlifting is, is one of those worlds that people don't seem to want to share other coaches. Like, I don't know for whatever reason, I guess, I guess cause it's a direct competition, but at the same time, like, cause we're such a young sport and, coaching online coaching in the general is so new um i feel like a lot of people don't know where they stand with that sort of thing and that's probably why they are, they're apprehensive about sharing some stuff not saying i am because i share people's stuff all the time but um in general i, I guess i could see where people would be I coming from on, on, they, on the view to that they worry that it comes across as if like they don't know it all so like but then at the same time you've got to argue that you don't know it all i know you like you never yeah. will but i feel like yeah. someone won't share something say like um i didn't want to share my a video that you put up because i was afraid of um someone thinking oh he doesn't know that so he can't be a good coach and i think that has some sort of role in their decision for doing that but to follow on from what peter's saying about like saying on those who because i was listening to your podcast with bryce lewis yesterday and he said something about like as powerlifting coaches we are not a therapy and we are not here to be a communication tool for that 
And then I feel like some people kind of integrate that too much in terms of their coaching. And there's, it's almost there. There's a, like a therapist as well as a coach. I feel like as soon as you take on the role of a powerlifting coach, you become a sort of not a mental coach. I wouldn't say a mental coach at all, but you do have some sort of uh, a degree of, of responsibility in terms of how people feel. And because obviously you're just going to get closer to them just by talking to them because you're coaching them. Um, I feel like you do have some sort of say in that matter. Stop, stop doing that weird thing on the sky. <laughs> it's so distracting. But at the same time, you've obviously got to know your limits. And if you don't know something, you've just got to put your hand up and say you don't know something like that. And then instead of kind of risking and making the matters worse, you've just got to outsource. Um, you've got to, uh, yeah. Stay in your lane and, like, you got to understand that you're a professional, like, you're offering a professional service. Like, you can't cross professional boundaries. That's all I'd say. Yeah, this is this is the thing, right? Like, I would rather speculate on something and have a conversation with a physio and your client or whoever, whatever the appropriate professional would be, about the situation and hold your hands up and be like, look, the, these are my thoughts, but this is getting towards the edge of my professional remit, rather than stepping into somebody else's lane and doing those things and giving advice where you're not really qualified to do so um you know so like if i'm trying to think of like a good example like i've had discussions with lifters about like ways to mitigate like intermittent pain when it comes to maybe like knee tendonitis or or something that they've got going on so you can play around with things like isometrics and whatever uh to try and mitigate that before maybe they squat or whatever they might need to do but that is like a short-term intervention and maybe you can manipulate training variables that might help that. But if there's an ongoing issue, then if it's bothering the client enough to want to seek help and they've raised an issue with you, you do what you can, but then eventually you just get to a point where it's like, this is outside my scope of practice. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, there are a whole plethora of different things that could potentially contribute to pain. And it, we're not really here to talk about that, but it's just like, I think especially when it comes to the like the coach client relationship it's it's a very it's a very strange space to navigate because when you work with somebody for long enough they are going to become your friend and they are going to become like they're going to confide in you to a degree and i think ultimately you have to there has to be a degree of like emotional distancing i suppose and i think there's it there is at least from the coach's side of things to the client, even if it's not the other way around, because otherwise you can get into some really hot water and the relationship can really change its dynamic and potentially become, I've, I've seen in some cases where maybe the coach might abuse that position that they're in, or they might um, take advantage of, of that situation. So I think, I think it's, it's, it's a very, very careful, like you have to be extremely careful as a coach and you have to be very willing to kind of, there's a, there's a duty of care, um, I think, but there's also a a degree of like boundary setting from both sides, you know, um, where maybe you have to kind of go, hey, look, this is not, if this is a serious issue that you're having, like, is there anything that I can do to change our training program? You know, maybe make some subtle adjustments if you discuss like nutrition with your clients or whatever. But then it's like, if this thing keeps going on, then I need to refer you out to the relevant professional because this isn't, you know, if somebody's having, I don't know, issues that they might need to go and see a therapist for or a physiotherapist or a nutritionist or whatever 
then that is well outside you know your your remit i know that um like for instance 3d muscle journey have got like a like a like a therapist type consultant that they use um so like they have like a team person that they refer everyone out to and i think doing things like that longer term is probably a really really good idea um it's the same with like sports psych you know like if somebody's really really struggling with something and they really want to try and perform it's okay to refer out to a relevant professional but to yeah. just like message your clients and be like just effing get after it or just like suck it up or whatever like maybe that's okay to use like on comp day if somebody's having a shitty day where that is like your responsibility to try and fix that in the moment but if it's like a long-term thing that isn't that isn't gonna work and that isn't gonna be like something that is justifiable you know it's like their arteries bleeding you're trying to put a fucking band-aid over it like <laughs> refer to the appropriate professional don't try and fix it with your inadequate tools oh <laughs> you're good you've been you've been wanting to get that one out for a while i mean i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine um let's take a slightly different turn um with like let, let's say we're talking a couple years into the future maybe like 10 20 years into the future so i guess a bit more Shit. than a couple All right. um do you reckon there's going to be about there like 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 think about the level of coaching in say something like football or american football or something like that so you know you get your like attacking coaches defensive coaches you get your uh goalkeeper coaches that kind of thing do you think that there's ever going to be something like a coaching system where it's based off of like one coach who specializes in squat one coach who specializes in bench one coach who specializes in deadlifts but i guess with well i mean i guess with bench there's already people that would go to that you'd go to for bench only so do you think that would ever happen with something like squat and deadlift i'm talking like no. on a long time in the future like a you long have, long time into the future you'd have to have the powerlifting to a stage where there's a lot of money invested into it like football and it becomes more of like a team sport to a degree where you compete in teams to achieve points based off your lifts and stuff like that rather than it being an individual sport because otherwise it just won't work yeah unless like an individual is willing to pay for three four five different if they're having like a squat coach a bench coach a deadlift coach a nutrition coach a sports site coach a maybe overall manager that's like six coaches already unless they're willing to pay for those six individuals and like six individuals hourly rates no matter what uh i don't think we'll get to a point like that uh i i'm actually gonna have to disagree with both of you i think at the elite level it's actually already happening uh not necessarily like squat bench and deadlift coaches but like if we were to take somebody like Sean Noriega, for instance, he works with um, Ben Esgrove for his programming. He works with he works with Kyle Dobbs for his movement prep. He works with Alberto Nunez for his nutrition. Um, I would imagine that he works with um, like therapists, like massage therapists or whatever already as well. Um, so like. I think it's already happening at like the high, the higher levels already. Um, I know that where people have got like, you know, coaches for, you know, the program for them and then they might have a nutrition coach and they might have a movement prep coach and they'll probably have a therapist um, and they might very well have a sports psych. So, you know, you're already there talking about what, four or five, um, whether or not that will ever trickle down. 
I don't know, simply because I feel like for a lot of people, it, it would be extremely hard to justify those sort of outgoings. But for the people at the top, I think it's already happening. Um, I don't think we'll ever see squat bench and deadlift coaches specifically necessarily. Um, I think you'll always have coaches that are maybe better at coaching certain lifts or can, you know, consistently produce better results on certain lifts or with certain types of people. But I don't necessarily think that that's, um, I don't think you'll ever like have a day where you check in with your squat coach. You know what I mean? I don't ever see that happening. It's a fun yeah. idea. I think some people though do get individual lift coaching. Like I coach some guys just for bench and I've also taken someone on just for deadlift. Yeah, but at the same time, when you when you take on someone like that, then how would you regulate volume and stuff or the other lifts? Like, would you take that into account when you do? Yeah, like for the one whose deadlift is. Um, so it's it's Pape basically. Pape asked me to do his deadlift. So um, with that, he, I have to his um, <laughs> to his program, and we worked together from me looking at his program to me then taking into account all his squatting. <clears throat> and how that's going to regulate with his deadlift because obviously being a sumo puller that's going to have some sort of degree of carryover and how those accessories that he's programmed and what I've programmed work together as well yeah thanks for I'll listening everyone you can find Dewaz right, thank at... you very much <laughs> thank you guys at for listening flying dumpling. Uh, to the podcast <laughs> and you've, you've got this far at the Chinese clearly time. we've all gone crazy um Anyway, so you can find me at <laughs> Dewaz underscore Inflexium. Um, find Chris at Chris underscore Inflexium. We've got Inflexium um, account. At, and then you can find Inflexium. Peach. You, can, you can find Peach at Nowhere. Um, and then you can find <laughs> Lewis at... Uh, I don't actually know his at. Lewis K. Smith. AKA oh, is it not happy? AKA controversy of British powerlifting. AKA no one likes me. So you're admitting that your what was that thing called? GBF trend posting. No, I'm not fucking GBF trend posting because I say it on my own account. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm Pete, where can we find you and your podcast? So, so, so lads, at Peach Squats, at Battalion Barbell, but more importantly, at the Battalion Barbell podcast. Um, which is as of next week gonna be the buy one at eight podcast with me and my co-host uh, Jim Ellie of Reactive Training Systems, um, and we are having it professionally produced as well, which is sick. So we're um, yeah, we're gonna be rocking that thing. So yes, get on it, boys and girls. Times anyway, it was great to have you guys on. Um, I hope we can do this again and chat. I, I don't know i don't know being in quarantine i don't have that much time you know just being sat Same. in my bedroom all day Pretty well, busy. some of us are going back to work this week so shout out to all the <sighs> emergency <sighs> services yeah and, thank, thank uh, you NHS. emergency service people nhs um, big up and all the hospitals big up big up blue gang yeah save it saving all our asses man's enforcing that law it's good peace